Welcome to this edition of The Sourced Podcast, The Week in Review. My name is Michael Crutcher and joining me as always, Jordan McDonald. Jordan, welcome. Hi, Michael. We're starting this week with a bit of a look at local news and how we get our local news because mm-hmm. we've had things uh, close to our homes this week which have been local news interest to people but the other night I'm guessing around about maybe 8.30 I'm guessing um, a police chopper going over the top of uh, our neighbourhood mm-hmm. and a loudspeaker from the police chopper coming out asking people to keep their eye out for a 65 year old man um, in the who was missing in the area so uh, as you can imagine it's not every night that a police chopper comes over the top no. uh, with a loudspeaker saying to people, hey, please help us here with this 65-year-old man. Now, one of my sons thought they said a five-year-old boy, um, but they didn't. But, you know, that's part right. of the, uh, this is unusual, what did we hear? Um, which then, obviously, if there's a police chopper doing that, there's some urgency. So mm. can the community help, which people did to go out and try and find the 65-year-old man who was lost? But... At the same time, that was the fleeting moment in which the information was given, but it was difficult to hear and there was no extra information. So what do you do in that situation? And it comes down to, um, I guess, the role that Facebook now plays, such a big role in our hyper-local news. So straight away, I went and had a look on the police media uh, channels on socials I couldn't find anything from them yep. um, and so yeah the only source was Facebook and two different community pages which started a thread on that there was posts on yep. that yep. Um, and as the night went on I guess within the next hour uh, the posts on those community pages tried to give information about more information the last area he was seen, the time of uh, the day that he went missing, etc., cetera. Uh, and then um, didn't take too long. Thankfully, a post from someone saying he was found. Oh, that's good. So he was found. So the uh, it, it, was a, it was a good result. But again, there were no more details about the fact he was found. It was just he was found. Again, mm. there's no, um, I guess, uh, verification of that. So to me, that's a really tight example of um, how Facebook and social media has got into the distribution of news in the way that they're the platform for it. But you had something in your neighbourhood as well this week. Yeah, no, I did. I, I did have a, an incident this week in our suburb. I came across it when I was here at work that uh, it was a police report. It was published online that someone from my area had been arrested and charged with murder as part of a, a wider sort of murder investigation. And I, uh, I saw it on news first, but immediately I wanted to check my, my local area's community page. Uh, but there was nothing there. I thought, I'm not going to be the breaker of news <laughs> yes. here. But, but um, as the day went on, sorry, as the week went on, a few days had passed and finally someone posted in the group said, I can't believe you all missed this. Someone's been arrested for murder in our area. And... Um, yeah, that was the... And that started then a bunch of comments? <laughs> it started a few comments. Um, but one of the comments, funnily enough, was uh, I'm surprised they didn't bring the helicopters over. We uh, apparently, unbeknownst to me, have helicopters fly over our area heaps, but I never hear them. So, yeah, it must have been quite a covert operation. 
Yeah, this is, I guess, where we turn now, isn't it, for this information, this hyper-local thing. Mm. And this is close to my heart in the sense my first job in journalism was as a cadet journalist on our local suburban papers. That's where I started. And I worked across three papers yep. uh, in the northern suburbs of Brisbane, which I thoroughly enjoyed and learned a lot from. But I guess in that time, that weekly paper, this is the mid-1990s, the weekly paper was the source of information for the local suburbs. Mm-hmm. There was no Facebook. Uh, no. There was barely internet, or there actually wasn't. There was, made, there was some email. Um, but it's gone from that to the area now that, this is the immediate platform. And, of course, the local newspapers are pretty much dead. The suburban papers, they've died um, in recent years. Uh, they're unlikely to come back in that form mm-hmm. as well as things change. But I guess I see that for, I guess, the big things in the local area like uh, big council activity or state government activity, you still have it where a trained journalist will cover that. Mm-hmm. and bring to that story at least some of the skills of trained journalists. What we're seeing now on Facebook is, a sense, uh, people who aren't trained as journalists giving out information as if it is is verified and true. And you've got to try to take that on uh, face value. So the thread the other night on one of the pages about the 65-year-old man being found got derailed pretty quickly when... A user got on there and said, I don't believe that this is just uh, about a missing person. There's police choppers, there's loudspeakers, surely there's more to this. Right. So now I can't find that uh, post now. I wonder if it's been taken down. But it, it went oh, from yeah. people trying to give information, whether it's right or, n- or not, maybe it's hearsay, I, I don't know, to a point where it was like some bloke in a bar saying you can't tell me that that's what it was, surely not, surely it's something else. Mm -hmm. So the conversation skewed off undesirably, I think. But this is where I think where Facebook and others have to look at that. And to me, it's where the biggest risk of misinformation grows. So we talk a bit on this podcast about misinformation versus disinformation, disinformation being deliberately incorrect information, misinformation just being some of these things that can grow and run. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, again, uh, I'm, you know, I, I know that this person, I'm, I'm confident he's been found because there's been no other appeals locally, but the person who said he'd been found was just a regular user and just says he's been found. So there's no way to verify that there's type no of thing. There's no way to verify, no. Yeah, so in a sense of this is not just on this hyper-local scale in the sense that things can grow and we've seen that getting out of a hyper-local thing where social media posts have taken things further. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's a great observation of this, a great example, I should say, of this, this, the role that social media plays in hyper-local news and sometimes quite important hyper-local news. I think some of the community pages as well that I've seen, um, not just from my area but other areas, I do wonder of... uh, the political leanings of some people who run those pages. Yes. Um, <laughs> they, they do it pretty well. There's some subtle uh, attacks on different um, uh, politicians of both, of both kinds. Mm, um, that is true. Yeah, so th- th- which can be a pretty big marketing tool if, if you're that political party who's mm-hmm. influential on that page. So, Correct. And we've got a federal election coming up. I'd be very keen to see what role some of these community pages 
play. And let's face it, most of them are quite trusted because the majority of news that goes on there are things like, hey, I've got some um, garden, you know, some some tree clippings here yep. if you want to come and get them for free. Yep. Or, or a lost you know, dog or something. Yeah, yeah. lost dog. So Those they do play a really good role. They don't get me wrong. They play a very handy role in people giving information that is very beneficial to people in the community. Um, you know, maybe some furniture that someone wants to give away or whatever. But they also – so they're great from that and that means that they have a, a real trust element from their local community, I think, overall. But when they move into sort of some of the news about uh, what the local uh, councillor or local state member or federal member is doing or some of these things about breaking police news, they can move into an area in which, um, you know, there is a reason that journalists train for a few years to do what they do. Correct. Um, but it's not the first time this has happened and we'll wait to see – uh, what comes of it next but as I said this information in the election campaign federally whenever that's called um, will be of real interest. Another element that plays a role in uh, the elections Jordan is Twitter and there's been some news around Twitter this week that has got a fair bit of attention. Indeed Elon Musk has uh, he purchased 9.2% share of Twitter which actually makes him the company's largest shareholder. Uh, the acquisition actually also earned him a seat on the board. So with that board seat, Elon says he's going to look forward to making significant improvements to Twitter in the coming months. So this massive acquisition caused Twitter's stock price to surge. So it went up over 27%, uh, which pleased plenty on the stock market. Uh, and the CEO is particularly excited about Elon joining the board because the platform's been struggling the last few years, which is not shocking yeah. at all. Um, particularly with user growth, though, and that's particctly among the younger demographics. With the likes of TikTok hitting, coming Correct. along and yes. other things. Yes, everyone young is on TikTok or Snapchat or Instagram. They're not spending time on Twitter. Yes. Can't blame them either. <laughs> um, so a few observations I've had uh, with this, uh, this news story is Elon, for young people in particular, Elon is an iconic figure. People are so drawn to his you know, Tesla and all his gadgets. He's, he's perceived as a, as a young person. And we discussed that last week when you found some of those figures on the Facebook um, content for, I think, February. Yep. And, the and he was among 20. the top few stories. Yeah, yeah. that surprised me. I, I honestly didn't understand that attraction he had for users, but he's a big deal there. He is a big deal to users, particularly young people. So I think Elon joining... The Twitter's board will actually interest that younger demographic a fair bit, and because they want, they might want to be a part of what Elon's doing. This is a good opportunity them yeah. for them to actually be a part of part of that. Um, Elon also said he wants to tackle freedom of speech. He's been very vocal about that, ironically, <laughs> pushing for a more decentralized platform and then you know wider internet. And then he also allegedly wants to introduce an edit button for Twitter, which I know many of us would be pleased with. Um, and that's from the sense that on the likes of Facebook, you can go back yes, and edit yes, a post. Yes, you can write your wrong, but uh, and Twitter, you can't. typically on Twitter, what's out there is out there. You either delete the tweet or it's it's up there, it's stamped. Yeah. Um, another big factor that's going to interest a lot of people, and particularly young people, is he's well known for his innovative thinking, and particularly for Twitter, that's something they've really, really needed in the last few years and mm. especially if they want to continue to compete with any of the other social media platforms 
that are out there at the moment. So despite the decision being a pleasing one for many people, for some, it, it, they're worried it, it might give him too much control. His, mm. p- his share mm. percentage might, and his position on the board might give him too much control over the platform and he might utilise that to advantage his own projects or his beliefs. There was actually a reporter from the Washington Post who uh, thinks Elon sees uh, Twitter as another toy of his. You know, he <laughs> loves his toys. He makes his, you know, flamethrowers and all that. Perhaps this is just another toy. And uh, she suggested that, uh, you know, if he plays with it and breaks it, he can just buy another yeah. one. <laughs> I thought it was quite interesting. Um, oh, look, I found this was interesting. You know my thoughts on Twitter, Jordan. We've discussed this many times, but mm, I, 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 I still think Twitter is... Uh, you know, at its core in Australia, a cesspit for uh, uh, abuse and an unpleasant experience mm. in many ways. And I think that's one of the reasons Twitter's growth in Australia stunted after a while because I don't think Twitter ever really took seriously the uh, abuse that maybe Facebook did. And Facebook dragged its its heels. But I think Facebook and Insta, they, they just feel like safer places to go in terms of users. I know this is someone who used to be a Metro newspaper editor who would put up copies of tomorrow's front page and then get the Twitter appraisal uh, from oh, both yes. sides of politics. So uh, there was never a shortage of people telling me what they thought of me in, uh, in no uncertain terms, which is fine. I, mm. I can handle that. But when you see the the yeah, I guess that the tone on Twitter, it's, you know, it's it's a sort of place where if it was, a you know, a bar room or something, it would be a place where there's always glasses getting thrown across the room mm. and abuse getting hurled there, I think. Um, you know, it, it's the domain for me of journalists, politicians and the most miserable political followers you'd ever find from both uh, sides of politics. That That's to me the core of Twitter in Australia in the sense of the, the tone it creates, as I said, if you're in that bar room. Now, if Elon Musk can do something about that, um, if they can maybe do something that brings Twitter back a bit because it is still a fabulous news service, Twitter. Like, it it's is. It's a really good news service. It has service. a purpose for that, yeah. It, it, to me, it's, it's the best social media platform purely for breaking news. If you can... Uh, I guess, curate your Twitter feed so it's a breaking news service, which is what I do. Yep. So I use my Twitter feed as a breaking news service when I have a look at the news out there. Um, maybe Elon Musk can help that. Put it this way, he can bring some fresh thinking to it and maybe let's have the chat again in six months' time and see where it's at. Yeah. But uh, between now and the federal election in Australia next month, uh, brace yourself if you're in that Twitter bar room Put on your uh, put on your best protective gear because there's going to be glasses getting thrown across the room, abuse hurled, and just general unpleasantness most of the day. <laughs> there you go. That's uh, me ending my latest Twitter rant. Um, someone who's been feeling the angst of uh, social media for the last fortnight has been Will Smith. This is week three that we're going to touch on Will Smith and what happened at the Oscars a couple of weeks ago, but it's worth touching on again. Jordan, where are we at now with Will Smith? It's not too good for Will Smith at all. The the fellow that's been spending decades sort of radiating his likability, you know, through his characters like the the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and the rap artist and then a movie superstar, he just can't get himself out of the news at the moment. So there are countless articles popping up on social media condemning what he did at the Oscars. 
Uh, and if anything, social media is sort of telling us that people are actually getting angrier at him. Angrier? Yeah, so the, the shock is subsiding week. and now it's sort of evolving into <laughs> anger. So it, it would appear from social media and news that the Smith family brand is sort of under attack. Even every day for me personally, I see new something new on social media. It looks to discredit the authenticity of that Smith brand. But it's been, yeah, look, nearly two weeks and uh, no one wants to let Will or that family off the hook. So, yeah, most of the productions he's um, starring in have been halted. Yes, this is quite amazing. So, yes. So I know there's been a question asked by New York Times uh, journalist on could this uh, slap be a problem for Will Smith's brand and yes. undo something he spent decades perfecting. So that's a decent question to ask given the activity that continues mm. now. What are your thoughts on that? I don't think it will undo the Smith brand. What I think people are wanting is a proper resolution. I know he's sort of removed himself from the academy. He's apologised uh, and he's sort of been wearing it for the last two weeks on social media. His, his movies and that are halted, but I don't think people see that as punishment. I think there needs to be a start and clear end. I think people are ready to move on, but they just haven't seen the proper ending yet, the, the justice. And I think once we see that, they'll be able to go on their merry way and get back to business, which is you know what they're good at. It's just so interesting, this, because obviously in our work here we're involved in assisting people at times when things go a little bit awry but as a a journalist for many years obviously i've seen you know stories that uh put someone in a bad light and how mm. they might recover I look, and i've always thought that as long as what you did isn't something that's in you know uh just unforgivable um there is a tendency for the public to to move on yep. over time this one is is going on longer than I expected. Now, the example of that is you think about Shane Warne at some of his lowest moments. Yes. When his personal life and uh, his personal deeds were brought into question, um, you wouldn't have thought that there'd be the outpouring for Shane Warne that there was when he died recently. But there was. I mean, people over time adjust to different ways of thinking about things. Uh, this one, is, I still think that this one, Will Smith in time to come, time will repair these things yep. but i must say it's taking longer than i thought and that therefore it means there will be some uh, i guess gloss taken off that may never return from that point of view and some people who may not uh, ever really think about will in a great way again but hey i wonder if we'll talk about this for a fourth week because i'm stunned already that it's gone this long yeah no i'll, I'll be surprised if it's uh, if it goes on too much longer i'm hoping that there is a decision made and there's a clear outcome and then we can all move on from it. I think everyone's ready. Everyone's ready to forgive and forget, so to speak. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's move on from it, I hope. So any Will Smith movies for you this weekend? None for me this weekend. <laughs> Unfortunately for Will, no, none this weekend <laughs> for me. I'm, uh, I'm on music duties this weekend, so I'm down the coast tomorrow. All the best with that. Uh, the weekend before Easter and a long weekend. So uh, yeah, coming is. up, we'll be back um, earlier, one day earlier next week for our week in review. Until mm -hmm. then, Jordan, have a great weekend. You too.